Welcome everyone and you're listening to Punchline, the show that brings you poetry and perspective for the young and the young at heart. I am your host, Hannah Flores, the poet. Now let's get started. To kick off season three of Punchline, which I'm very excited for, I'm going to start talking about something huge that's going on right now. Everybody's starting to go back to school or back onto campus. We're seeing an increasing number of kids return to the classroom and more than one billion students are still out of school due to international school closures. However, 105 of a total of 134 countries that have closed schools, so about 78%, have decided on a date to reopen schools. 59 of those 105 countries have already reopened schools or plan to open them soon. What steps has the school taken to help ensure the safety of myself and my peers, or even my teachers? How will the school support the mental health of students and combat any stigma against people who have been sick? How will the school refer children who may need referrals for specialized support? Will any of the school's safeguarding and bullying policies change once schools start to reopen? How can my parents support school safety efforts, including through parent-teacher committees, school councils, or any other option? School reopening should be consistent with each country's overall COVID-19 health response to help protect students, staff, teachers, and their families. Some of the practical measures that schools can take include staggering the start and closing of each school day, staggering meal times, moving classes to temporary spaces or even outside, holding school in shifts to reduce class size, and so much more. Water and hygiene facilities will be a crucial part of schools reopening safely. Administrators should look at opportunities to improve hygiene measures, including hand washing, respiratory etiquette, for example, like coughing and sneezing into the elbow, which we've all pretty much learned since kindergarten, or at least I hope. Physical distancing measures, cleaning procedures for facilities, and safe food preparation practices. Administrative staff and teachers should also be trained on physical distancing and school hygiene practices. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking that subscribe button right now. Punchline is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you all so much for the wonderful, continuous, and strong support. My audience is still growing, and we've pretty much reached an audience of about 4,000 people now, so I'm really excited to bring more content to the young and the young at heart every single week. Now, back to the show. Okay, so with all of this going on, there is someone who is helping young people be more aware of their surroundings, as our medical senses should be at an all-time high, even if you aren't really interested in medicine whatsoever. Meghna Kamath is a rising sophomore at the University of Georgia, studying biology and psychology with a minor in global health. Through the COVID conversation, Meghna intends to bring condensed factual information from news reports and research studies to high school and college students who may not have time to read or the ability to access these resources. 
Apart from her work as the founder and president of the COVID Conversation, Meghna is an SAAPS fellow, loves to fence, and is in the process of co-authoring a genetics research paper focused on LGMD. In the future, she hopes to become a cardiovascular surgeon and make universal healthcare access a reality. Now, let's bring Meghna onto the show. Hi, Meghna. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Awesome. No problem. How are you today? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Okay, let's get straight into the interview. So, um, how well do you think that your city of Athens, Georgia has dealt with the pandemic so far? So it's really interesting that you ask this. Uh, Georgia actually ranks the fourth highest in COVID cases around the United States. Um, and as of this morning, we have 289,123 cases, according to the CDC. Um, I think a reason for that is that a lot of people just don't understand the severity of what's happening. And there have been numerous attempts to install a mask mandate, as you know, in Atlanta, but it didn't end up happening. Um, And so what I've been noticing is people in the state travel a lot to Florida, Alabama, South Carolina, um, especially over the summer. And that led to a surge of cases when they got back. Um, And so specifically with Athens, um, there's a 32% poverty rate and the homelessness rate is higher than the national average by 0.1%. And so this pandemic is hitting the people of Athens much harder than it is hitting um, the college students that go there. And so um, having, you know, been at UGA for the past three weeks, I've noticed that a lot of students haven't been like following the mask mandate. They've been partying at bars downtown, meeting in large numbers. And so as far as I know, like most of the people are aware of the virus and how dangerous it is, but especially like college age students have burned out and they've hit, you know, a phrase we like to call quarantine fatigue. So they're tired of all the precautions and they just want like to get back to normal. And I agree with that. You know, I completely understand where they're coming from. I want to go back to normal as well. But in order to resume that normal social interaction that we would have, like concerts and full capacity amusement parks and being able to hug people freely, we need to start taking this more seriously uh, and all doing our part to get the virus out of our cities, our states and our countries. And the sooner that we do it, the sooner we can resume all of our social interactions. Right. I've heard a lot on the news, I guess, um, from different channels about like your state of Georgia, um, not specifically mm-hmm. your city, but I've heard a lot about Atlanta and um, other places around the US and how there is a lot of quarantine fatigue going on. And I think it's really important that young people um, realize the severity of the situation, especially where they are and what they need to do mm-hmm. in order to keep themselves safe and um, their friends safe too and their families. So what advice do you have for students returning to school this fall? So I would say, first off, to just be kind to yourself. Um, I know students in high school and college in our age have big dreams, they want to be involved, they want to do really well, make a life for themselves. And the form of instruction that we have right now, you know, online or whether it's online or hybrid, it's just really not the same. Um, It's a new system that we're all slowly adjusting to. And so I just, my advice would be don't feel like you're lesser than because you're not doing as well as you used to. 
Um, another note, especially to seniors applying to college and college seniors applying to grad school. Um, note that both colleges and grad schools are aware of the severity of the pandemic. So if your internship fell through or you haven't been as involved or your grades aren't the best this semester, they're going to understand that. And I've seen like a, a general trend where colleges are being especially lenient with their applications. So they're making like SAT or ACT test scores not mandatory. They're pushing back deadlines. So don't feel like you won't get into your dream school because of the pandemic. Um, with regards to like COVID-19 safety, I like to tell people the very same thing I say when I tell them to vote. Don't just do it for yourself, do it for the people that can't do it for themselves. So with voting, this is choosing a candidate to lead the country that you think will help the elderly, the poor, the marginalized, and the children. And with COVID-19 safety, this is more about like taking precautions to not get the virus by wearing a mask over your nose and mouth, washing your hands often, um, and not socializing in large groups, even though you may not have at-risk friends or family, because there's always a chance that you could spread it to someone that may get severely ill or even die from it. Wow, that was, those were some really great points. Thank you so much for sharing those. I think they definitely covered all the bases of issues that are um, current right now and what should be on young people's minds and also to be mindful and be empathetic towards other people and not just think about yourself so those thank you so much for that um now can you introduce to my audience the COVID-19 conversation um and what your mission is Wow, um, I'm so glad you brought that up. So the COVID conversation is a project to inform the youth of various COVID-19 related news and stats in a creative and fact-checked manner. So um, we do this through sharing posts on Instagram with curated content specifically applicable to our demographic of like high school and college students. And we answer a lot of their questions through our DMs and Q and A's. I created it back in March, um, actually based on a trend I noticed amongst people my age. So our demographic doesn't often read the news. You know, we're like one of the first age groups that doesn't, you know, consistently read the news um, as often. And nor do they really thumb through like research papers for the fun of it. So a lot of our information is from the internet or our family and friends, and that can be incredibly biased and limited. So the COVID conversation seeks to first create awareness about the severity of the pandemic, um, second, to educate people on the various aspects of the virus, third, to help navigate life during the pandemic, um, fourth, to serve un underprivileged groups and healthcare workers through fundraising, and then last but not least, we want to spark dialogue amongst our audience. And it started as like a one-person initiative, and it soon turned into a team-led project with hundreds of followers. Um, and through social media campaigns and fundraisers, we hope to create a positive impact, impact um, pardon me, and flatten the curve. Awesome. I'm really inspired by your organization and all the efforts that you've put into this. It's something that's really important, and a lot of young people will definitely have some positive um, outcomes from it and be able to educate others as well and share fact-based information and not just random things that come up on the internet, which is really important. So filtered, curated stuff that's getting out there, educating young people, amazing. And the COVID-19 conversation is actually launching a back-to-school campaign, which is very timely because everybody's starting to go online or in-person or a hybrid model. Now, could you speak more about it and give my audience any information that they should be aware of? Yeah, and I'm so glad you mentioned that. So we're about 
halfway through a mask to school campaign, um, which is meant to encourage students to follow COVID-19 precautions so that in-person socially distanced learning is possible and safe. And we're focusing on college campuses for the majority of the campaign. Uh, we've published uh, numerous infographics throughout this campaign on our Instagram. Uh, we've touched on topics like how to safely socialize during the pandemic, how COVID-19 has affected colleges um, and countries with fewer COVID-19 cases in Georgia. So that one, the countries with fewer COVID-19 cases in Georgia was our most liked post ever. And we hit 3,500 likes. Uh, I'm so proud of my team for creating that. So with the future of this campaign, we have a lot more infographics coming up, um, like on topics such as dealing with mental health, setting boundaries with friends during COVID, and also like why you should get tested and how to get tested. Um, apart from the infographic aspect of it, we're also holding socializing sessions through Zoom throughout this month so that college and high school students can socialize and find friends even during this weird time. So on September 20th, we're having a social where we'll be streaming The Office, playing virtual code names, and hosting a Kahoot competition where the winner gets an Amazon gift card. Um, we're also having two guest speakers um, giving a talk on September 24th. So we'll be featuring, uh, featuring Arush Lal, an international consultant in health systems and strategy at Pan American Health Organization and the WHO. He'll be talking about coordinating global health strategy during the COVID-19 pandemic. We're also gonna be hosting Dr. Rajna Parikh, a licensed mental health counselor who will be discussing mental health issues during COVID. Um, so definitely tune in to hear their unique insights. And we'll be also having like a Q&A session with them if you guys have any questions um, and you do decide to join in. So, and like, I love that you brought up the Master School campaign, but I know since a lot of your audience may not have heard of us before this, um, even if you haven't been able to join us for the duration of this campaign, um, no worries we're also planning something super exciting next month so definitely tune into our page um so with halloween season coming we're gonna have a lot of spooky tricks and treats coming your way with our spooktober fundraiser awesome awesome i'm sure wow you've got a lot of stuff planned for um the next campaign and for october so i'm sure september 24th will definitely be um a cool talk for my audience to tune into um so please everybody check that out and um yeah that sounds amazing i'm so glad that you started this and you're continuing to expand on it, which is really cool. Um, now, more about you. What are three short-term or long-term goals that you have for yourself? So, in the short term, I'm focusing on co-authoring a research paper with my research team at Perkinella. Um, we've been working over the summer um, on a paper about limb girdle muscular dystrophies and how it relates to diegetic inheritance. I'm really excited to be a part of the team that's working on this. Um, another long-term goal I have is to be more involved with service in my community in Athens. So the more I learn about disparity between the college students and the rest of the Athens community, the more I feel like a gnawing almost for me to give back and do more. Um, I believe as college students, we take a lot from the town of Athens. And so it becomes our responsibility to give back to it. Um, and Athens is a really special town to me. And I'm looking into doing as much as I can in the remaining years I attend college. Um, and then also to be able to contribute remotely after I graduate. Um, another personal goal I have um, more in the long term is to attend medical school, but I'm also seriously considering getting a master's in public health. 
Um, so founding an organization that is so passionate about healthcare access and advocacy has shown me that I gravitate towards that as well. And I'd love to do more hands-on work in the field of public health as well. Wow, that actually sounds um, really incredible. And I wish you all the best with those future goals of yours. And you. I know you'll definitely accomplish great things. Um, it's actually funny because I'm interested in medicine and the public health sector, so I thought that was really interesting to hear um, another young perspective on the field because I feel like not a lot of young people talk about um, the importance of global health and it's definitely something that needs to be brought um, more attention to. So thank you for sharing that as well. Um, now, what have you enjoyed during this whole quarantine phase of the world? So, of course, the pandemic has been, you know, terrible for a lot of us. We've had to shift our entire way of life to something that has been very different from what most of us are used to. So during quarantine, I allowed myself to take a mental break. I got to be at home with my family, um, and so I got to got to spend a lot of time with them, which I really enjoyed. I also took the time to reorganize my priorities, like set plans, reset my goals, and then be more in touch with my mind and body. So I did work out a lot, read a couple books, which I really enjoyed because I don't often have time to do a lot of these things um, during the school year. And I felt like I had the time to just like randomly play the piano, learn a dance routine for the sake of it, and like cook a lot. And so I made like homemade sushi, I made a ton of Indian food, I made some like vegan cake. It was a really refreshing break, break from dorm food, and it gave me the chance to um, understand what was really important to me and refocus my energy, which I actually found really peaceful and important. I can definitely relate on the cooking and baking stuff. I've tried so many new recipes. Like before quarantine, I was okay at cooking, but now I feel more confident and I can like make my own food. And it's a life skill, so that's definitely important. Yeah. And family, obviously, bonding time, that's very important. Um, now, the big question, the wrap-up question that I ask everybody, everybody knows this one. What makes you feel powerful? Quite honestly, what's making me feel the most powerful, powerful right now is my team. My team is a group of eight individuals that are so incredibly passionate and driven. It is so astonishing to me how they all found the COVID conversation on their own and decided collectively that they just wanted to be a part of it. And every single day I see them give up their time just to help create a positive impact with me. Uh, their commitment to the organization has led us to hit some unbelievable mi milestones. For our PPE for Piedmont fundraiser, we earned um, far more than our goal and I'm so grateful to my team and all of our followers for the support. Um, we will be donating over 5,000 masks to Piedmont Hospital in Athens in the coming week and my team has been exceptionally hardworking in every aspect of it from the conceptual um, aspect to marketing to outreach and they've been doing some remarkable work. It makes me feel on top of the world when I can see what we can create together. Um, going off of that, another thing that makes me feel really powerful is watching people have dialogue based on what's posted to the COVID conversation, seeing them equipped with those stats from our daily news posts, posts, um, the tips from our infographics, and the data from our graphs is truly motivating. Watching them repost our content and be more cognizant of the pandemic shows me that the work that my team and I do every day is powerful. It can influence the people around us to be more caring and conscious citizens, which was really our end goal all along. 
That's amazing, and I definitely know that all of your efforts will be put to good use and there'll be so many people impacted out there, whether it's through your fundraising or just through advocacy and um, exposure to fact-based information that's current and relevant to what young people and really all people should be aware of. So thank you so much for this wonderful conversation and I know it's such a timely interview because of everything that you've said. It's, it's been amazing to have you as a guest. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it looks like you beat me to the punchline. I'm your host, Tana Flores the Poet, and thanks for tuning in again this week. And I'm so excited for the start of season three. Thank you so much, Magna, for that amazing interview. I'm sure that everyone out there who's currently listening today, tomorrow, next week, next month, whenever, will definitely take something away from this episode and all the facts you've stated. And I really wish you all the best for your future and studying and becoming that cardiovascular surgeon. Um, also, I think the COVID conversation is definitely something that we need to continue. And I hope that people will support your organization and will follow your Instagram account as well. So the COVID conversation is their Instagram account. Be sure to check it out for more updates and helpful infographics. Everyone will find this resource amazing and I can't wait to see how it will grow in the future. Now, if you like what you hear, then I would appreciate shares across all platforms. Maybe tell somebody about the show if you like what you hear. And my platform is literally everywhere at this point. We're on 10 different streaming platforms, and I'm so excited for that to keep growing and expanding. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Overcast, Radio Plus, everything out there. I'm so excited for this platform and for the show now that is a wrap so tune in next time for another episode of punchline with hannah flores the poet and be sure to check out my instagram at punchline podcast and the host instagram account at hannah flores the poet for more information updates and behind the scenes and thank you so much for tuning in have a great day